TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to a Tuesday version of the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic, thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Who's sitting in seat number two today? It is J.B. Jordan Burnfield. J.B., we sent a tweet out, a little Facebook notice this morning, and we said, uh, J.B. on the show today with an exclamation mark. And then we went dot, 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 and put, who the hell is J.B.? And that's why there's no comments. They're no. like, who? Yeah. JB? Uh, yeah, I'm not listening to that. Hopefully they still are yeah. because they love you. And they're li- they're listening for you, Coach, because me, I don't know what the appeal is. I hope there's appeal. Uh-huh. I wish there was appeal. I'm not sure if there's appeal. Yeah. All I know is that our tweeter expert that sent it out, I'm not sure who it is, one of our fine female interns, who uh, hopefully will last more be than Paradise? a week. Huh? Was Paradise Please. doing it? Paradise is our football predictor. Do not confuse Paradise with one of our fine female interns. I know, who, but I didn't know if she was doubling nope. in her role. No, no, okay. no. She doesn't go that way. She doesn't go that way. She's a one-woman man, me in paradise, once a week, Fridays on Beat the Schmoes. Yeah, but the point so is... That we, sounds we like got... a scheduling conflict for Tiger Woods. <laughs> once a week, you know, they're picking the date, they're picking yeah. the time. Believe me, if I find out Tiger of Paradise is on Tiger's list, I don't think it'll happen, but if I find out, I don't play golf. But I'll be buying a set of golf clubs. Are you are you going to be pulling an Elon Nordgren in Tiger's driveway in a couple of months? If he's spinning paradise in his uh, left and or right uh, palm, there will be um, there's no question about it. there'll be some trouble ahead. <laughs> you know what? The one thing I'd say is if I ever had to tr- if somebody wanted me to beat somebody up with a golf club, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. But if I did, I don't think that I'm good enough at golf to mm-hmm. be able to hurt somebody with a golf club. Yes, uh, the I'm person so I'm bad. trying to beat up would be very safe because yes. uh, if I can't hit the ball. Right. I wouldn't be able to hit them. Probably not. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I can't hit the ball straight, mm-hmm. so I don't know how that would translate in terms of beating somebody up at the mm-hmm. golf club. Now, if you had to use a particular club, which one is the best for the uh, physical body harm? I would say probably a driver because it's got the fat, you know, the, the head at the top is, right. is fat. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I, I would say like a pitching wedge could actually be the good because of the be- angle. Yes, you know, it could really just crush you. <laughs> or if you yeah. drive it, you're, you're pointing to the head. I was thinking more if you head up towards the, the gutterial area. Oh, okay. The gut, and then you've got that upward wedge angle. It could do some serious damage and inflict some uh, much-needed pain. Yes, and the sand wedge could yeah. also be an interesting choice. Yeah, I would say the least likely, and again, young kids, if you're out there, if you're looking to attack someone with the golf club, me and JB are here to help you here. I would think the three iron, possibly the five iron, the most ineffective. Yeah, I would say the five iron would be the, the worst one to take <laughs> out of the bag. If there was a caddy... For how you would be beating somebody with a golf club, yes. they would not hand you the five iron. Absolutely. And remember, if you do take a little bit of skin, replace the epidermis. <laughs> replace at the divot. Least, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Replace the divot. At least have that respect for the human body as we would for the golf course. I, I agree. I think that there should be the same level of etiquette. <laughs> 
All right. 888-463-6748. That's the phone number. Jordan Burnfield, JB. Who the hell is JB? Well, we're going to find out over the next 53 minutes. He's young. He's single. Reasonably attractive. I'll get as liberal as I can on that. And he's very much eligible. You want to talk to JB? You can do it at 888-463-6748. He's also a sports aficionado who, uh, among other things, announces you. I see basketball games. People listening, Jordan, and many of our uh, other continents besides North America might not be aware of what UIC stands for. University of Illinois, Chicago. The wow. Flames. The Flames. We're, uh, we're trying to heat it up on the court. We just haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. One and six with the men's team. Two and six with the women's team. Yep. We're trying. But we're not getting there yet. And, <laughs> and often teams will say that they're much better than their record. I think I can safely say the UIC men's team that you announced for, they're one and six and they really aren't. Much better than their record. I, I can't say I disagree <laughs> with you there. I, I would say that the women's team is yes. probably better than its record. All right. The men's team, I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one right. and six, probably fairly accurate. Very good. Well, the voice of the UIC Flames. You also have a, a blog that uh, I believe you told me last show went over two hundred and fifty thousand hits. Is that correct? That is, yeah. Burning or we're, we're getting there if we haven't hit there yet. I haven't, I haven't seen, but we're around that number. Mm-hmm. Burningonsports.com. Okay. So check it out, and uh, you can if. If now, you, isn't burning spelled a unique way? Uh, it can be spelled either way because either way. it's, you know, we've got both links. So ah, it'll take nice. you to the site. But if you go there and you think that I'm tolerable in the, on the radio, mm-hmm. then you might also find me tolerable or interesting as a writer. Mm-hmm. So you can check it out there. And on the flip side, if they find you somewhat intolerable, as many do as a then radio host. stay as far away from that website as possible. Yeah, or sometimes people like a little intolerance. Check out the blog spot That's or really true. aggravate yourself. Right. I mean, I guess, you know, it's sort of like anyone that ever read Jay Mariotti. Yeah. Here exactly. or otherwise. Yeah. yeah everybody feeling, despises him, but they read him. You're feeling the holiday spirit. You're feeling happy. You're in a good mood. You want to change things a little bit? Go yeah. to burningonsports.com. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> you get yourself, yourself a wet ass, and you're, you know, you know, all of a sudden, the holiday spirit is right out the hind door. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that, and uh, you and the holiday spirit, you're not feeling the holiday spirit, which we talked about last week. Yeah, it's not a matter of not feeling the how. I guess it is. I it basically, is. I've, I've told our many, many vast listeners out there, I don't want to spoil it for them. Just me personally, I'm taking this year's holiday season off. I think Simple so. Was that? So are the Bulls. They're yeah. taking the holiday season off. <laughs> yeah, except their holiday season started in late October. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I actually I went to the game Friday night against the Warriors. Okay. And I just, you know, they won, which is nice. You know, kind of typical, fairly boring, some moments of excitement NBA basketball game with half full mm-hmm. at the United Center. And it just, you know, it was like one of those games where the Bulls didn't really play well, but they played better than the Warriors because they stink worse. And so they have no discipline, so the Bulls were able to win the game. But then that Celtics game was a massacre. And tonight against the Lakers, that's mm-hmm. going to be a major massacre. Yeah, Kobe thing, is going to play, too. It's one thing to uh, lose, as the Bulls have been doing, but uh, losing by 15, 20, 25, 30 to some of the better teams. That's discouraging, especially as we talk a little NBA basketball here. If you follow the game, you're a Bulls fan here in the Chicago area where TalkZone.com emanates from or any NBA city. You want to talk a little hoops, me and JB right here for you. 
It's so discouraging, Jordan, because at the end of last year, even though the Bulls lost that classic series with the Celtics, it looks like they had come of age, ready to take the next step. Basically the same team coming back. I don't want to hear any Ben Gordon talk. We're a better team without Ben Gordon. Two rookies coming in that uh, Vinny Nelnegro kept saying were long and athletic, and the Bulls should be better this year, and that has not been the case. Well, I, I think you're, you're right about that, but I do think... I agree that I think that the Bulls in the long term were better off without Ben Gordon, but I think that they weren't better going into the season without him. And what I mean by that is that they didn't replace him. I don't have a problem with you getting rid of Ben Gordon, Mm -hmm. but you can't sit here with a straight face and tell me that Gennaro Pargo is an adequate replacement. The Bulls were trying to spin it as though re-signing good old Gennaro was somehow going to replace the scoring. Gennaro Pargo is maybe good for, you know, six, eight points off the bench in a streaky spot. He's nothing more than that. And Gordon, regardless of the flaws, was going to score 20 points a game for you. So now they have a team that is missing that. They have a guy in James Johnson who looks completely inept right now. Again, he's a rookie, could end up being a good player, but looks totally inept at the moment. Taj Gibson looks like a fine rookie, but... You know, it's just they're not good, and they're not going to be good until they – and and I heard Will Purdue mention this on television yesterday – until they have a threat on the inside who mm-hmm. is somebody that defenses will move towards when he has the ball to open up shooting lanes in the in the in on the perimeter, mm-hmm. or until Derrick Rose decides, the hell with this whole point guard thing, I need to just score 30 a game for us to win. And I don't mm-hmm. even know if he can do that, but I'd almost rather him try to do that – then, you know, set up John Salmons for fadeaway three-pointers with seven seconds left in the loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny Salmons has been a little bit uh, disappointing for the Bulls so far. The L.A. Lakers, the talk of the town, coming into Chicago this uh, tonight. Yeah. Right, ball game is tonight. Lakers take on the Bulls. Lakers just keep on keeping on. Best record in the NBA. Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, showing no signs of letting up. They are a star power. They're, They're loaded. Coached by the mastermind himself, the guru, Phil Jackson. They show no signs of uh, slipping a little bit. And for once, they're healthy, right? Because they've been battling injuries over the past couple of years. This year, at least more healthy than they've been in the past. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kobe was sick the last couple of days. Yep. And he is apparently going to play tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he'd ever want to miss a game where he could play in Chicago on the court. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan played it. I think that matters to him and all that sort of thing. But I think that... You know, you you look at this team. I mean, I've seen them play a couple times. They're on another level. I mean, they're going to beat the Bulls by 40 points. I really, I mean, I really don't see a scenario if, if they so choose. Right. I mean, unless the Bulls, you know, have their best game of the season, mm-hmm. which at the way they're playing right now seems highly unlikely. This Laker team. I mean, Kobe, probably the best player in the NBA. I wouldn't even say probably. He is the best player in the NBA. Okay. Andrew Bynum has been a good center for them. Paul or Paul Gasol is an excellent player. Lamar Odom is a good player. Ron Artest, adding Ron Artest to what was a championship winner last year, a guy who obviously has a screw loose, which is well documented, is maybe the best, most tenacious defender in the NBA. 
and can rebound and can, you know, he's sort of like a Dennis Rodman type of player. Even but he, he, he can score. Right. He has a much better offensive game, but he has the Dennis Rodman type of style on yep. defense. I mean, this team is like, they don't have anyone that isn't a really good starter and their bench is filled with good players. Trevor They're ridiculous. Trevor uh, on, Trevor Reese is now on, uh, Houston. Oh, they lost Trevor Reese. Because that was in the Ron okay. Artest move. They lost Trevor Reese. Derek Fisher still playing for him? I believe so. And At then, the age of about 52, love Derek Fisher. I mean, Jordan Farmer is a good player yep. for them. Uh, Luke mm-hmm. Walton. I mean, they, they just, mm-hmm. their bench is just so, it's, it's, it, they're ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. this game is going to be a massacre. But even though I'm not a huge NBA fan, I mean, I prefer that you and I prefer the college game. I think we agree on this yep. far more than the NBA game. But this is one of those nights where even if you're not really an NBA guy, it's, and you, and you live in the Chicago area, you should watch this game because if you want to watch the best basketball players in the world, mm-hmm. I mean, some of them will be on the court tonight. We know mm-hmm. Kobe is and he will be playing and that enough is, is, is enough for me to say, you know what, I'll lock it in on the Bulls game tonight. Lamar Odom playing outstanding for the Lakers ever since he married one of the many fine Cardassian sisters. I'm not sure which one it is, but, uh, his game has gotten exponentially better. Yeah. Since marrying, which Kardashian did he marry? Well, I, Reggie Bush is with Kim Kardashian. Okay. Is it Kardashian? I think it's Kardashian. Wait a minute. Wait. Kardashian. Yes. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you very much. Um, but I think, uh, Kardashian. Bless you. Uh, I would say that, uh, what is the, what, is it Courtney huh? Kardashian? I think it's Chloe. Chloe? Chloe? I think. Courtney, Kim, and then I think there's the lost sister, and I believe her name is Heather Kardashian. Yeah, she, she didn't go with a C or a K name. No, I think she's in journalism somewhere down in the Pompano Beach area. Making $15,000 a year, most She's likely. making something. I don't think it's money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to go there because you can take yes. that comment many ways. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know because... What is the by, by the way? What is the appeal of the Kardashian sisters? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't Kim Kardashian Kim Kardashian's a pretty girl, I guess, but her she has the biggest butt I've ever seen. I mean, it's like J Lo butt. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that, is, that, yeah, is that like that, a good look to people? That like, might be the appeal to a Lamar Odom and others. Absolutely. I don't know. I feel like she's got like a butt that's so big you uh-huh. could like rest cereal boxes on that's her back. It's okay. There are those that uh, you know to each his own. I guess. Yeah. If we were all attracted to the same people, Jordan, the world would be no fun. It's what makes things go around a little bit, different strokes for different folks, if you will. But uh, I'm glad you made that very interesting uh, adjective-ridden analysis of Miss Kardashian. <laughs> well, just, Which Kardashian were you talking about? Was that, was that Chloe or That Kim? was Kim. That was Kim. But isn't she cons- considerably older than Reggie Bush? I I mean, isn't she like almost 40? Am I am I crazy here? Yeah, you're crazy. I'm crazy? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's in her 20s. Oh, she's in her 20s. Okay. Our producer David Olson obviously following the gossip scene extremely well. Right now he couldn't tell you a soccer ball from a football, but Dave is up on all of his local <laughs> magazines. Oh, listen, uh, I, I don't know much regular about Regular subscriber, by the way, to Us Weekly. Right. I mean, I'm in, I'm not in my element to even be discussing Kim Kardashian uh-huh. because I don't, I don't watch any of the yeah. things she's on. I don't really care about S- what she's doing. Sort of like Paris Hilton, right? Famous for... Famous for no reason, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. That annoys me though. Like yeah. how do I mean, listen, Paris Hilton's family made all that money. Yes. And she just inherits it. Absolutely. Like what did Nicole what is Nicole Richie's claim to fame either? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, is and they the two of them remember they had that show where they just like be rich bimbos and yeah. like go around and that's, use limousines and you're, you're, spend you're, money. That's where they plucked Kim Kardashian out of that whole scene. Oh, she was in that scene too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 
the children of semi-famous people. <laughs> I mean, that, this is what annoys me. No, it's no, like seriously, because her her father was O.J. Simpson's lawyer. Okay, fine, but here here's the thing now. It's like America has gotten so pathetic in terms of celebrity love mm-hmm. that now you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> you could just be associated with somebody who's rich yes. and famous, and then you're rich mm-hmm. and famous. Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't that annoying? Like, come on, do something. It's the offspring of the rich and famous. Right, I mean, the rest of us are out there working our tails off to try yeah. to make money and make ends meet and support our families and whatever, mm-hmm. and then there's these bimbos who just have nothing, but they're mm-hmm. pretty... And they're associated with rich now you people. Are, I'm going to stand up on behalf of the females out there because, uh, well, Par- somebody's got to on this show. You are automatically picking up the women. What about are there males? Yes, there that are have males. done the same thing. Right. So let's not just say no. bimbos. Let's no, say, I'm just saying that this what is a male bimbo, by the way? A mimbo. A who? A mimbo. All right, so there's bimbos and there are mimbos also. Right, but here's the thing. I love standing up for the female listeners, by the way. There are very, well, so do I. But part there, of my job. There are very few. Mimbo shows. There's a lot of bimbo shows. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, we had the surreal life and the and the simple life or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Right. With, but I, I'm not seeing surreal life. <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, they, but they don't have uh, they don't have a lot of shows that are mm-hmm. dedicated to like the sons of rich people. Do well, they? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe because we're males, we pay attention to that particular show. Any females out there, or if you're a male with a feminine side to you. A little, uh, you know, part of you, the feminine side. Dial us up, 888-463-6748. Fire on my partner, Jordan Birdfield here, who is picking out the females only of famous people. You remember no, Robin Leach's? picking them only. Uh, I yes, mean, listen, you are. No, 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 because if, if there's a show about mimbos, then they, then, then I agree. Then they, then I don't like that either. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what they are, male, female. It's just, why should we care about you just because you're associated with rich people. 888-463-6748, the phone number of the coach, and Jordan Burnfield with you right up until 11 o'clock. That is outstanding. I'm not sure I... How do we get to this well, topic? Well, we were talking about Lamar Odom and the oh, Los right. Angeles Lakers. And, and the, the fact that he married a... Kardashian. Bless you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, before we take a break, real quick, by the way, I did want to mention... Okay. I did want to mention, we didn't get to it on yesterday's show, but beat the schmoes. Yes. Our football prediction results. Yes. There was a reason, by the way, that we didn't get to it yesterday. And that is? It wasn't great. Really? It was not great. The beautiful, the lovely Paradise, who had had two consecutive 3-0 and weeks. It basically, for any of our Loon listeners, uh, it, the beautiful, lovely Paradise is simply a pair of dice. Right. You give me the games? White dice, home team, green dice, a road team, and she picks the games. Right. Two consecutive three and O's. Jordan, I'm very disappointed to report that she was one and two last weekend. Ah, that's rough. Now, what about the what about the rest of you schmoes? Uh, I also went one and two, as I have now had five weeks of uh, an, an, really an impressive level of mediocrity. I still have had have had no guest schmo appearances. Really? Yes. We haven't had you on Friday. Not on a Friday. Interesting. Well, our guest schmo last Friday was Brady Stiff. Brady did a pretty good job, two out of three. Now, is that his personality, or you're just saying that That's his, name his actual name, and it's not his acting name, it's not his radio name, it's his real name, folks. Yeah. Brady Stiff did an outstanding job on Friday and yesterday's show, I might add. He went 2-1, and one, held up the host. None of the listeners went 3-0. and oh. None of the emailers went 3-0. and oh. So, for yet another week, nobody beat the schmoes. That's that's unfortunate yep. because you'd always like to see somebody beat the schmoes. Somebody needs to. Mm-hmm. Next week, have me on and I'll beat the schmoes. Right, well, we're still I'm talking trash already. 
I'm Kevin Garnett. We're, we're still trying to line up uh, Friday's guest host. You might be at Jordan Burnfield. By the way, the next couple of weeks, I may be in and or out with various holiday situations. You, JB, could be running a couple shows solo, which you just I don't know how the, the Kardashian family feels about it. I don't know how the females out there, but I, speaking for many of the females out there, as I want to do, it's a truly scary thought. It is. But I will say that... You probably don't want to tease me this early as a potential solo host. Yes. Because I want to at least have people think that you're going to be here so that they'll listen. Because if they just think it's going to be me, they can be like, oh, God, no, that no. Burnfield kid, he's going to be on next week. Click. Don't knock yourself down. Many of our uh, emailers have enjoyed your particular work. I appreciate that. Thank you. Quite a few are upset with you, but there are many that <laughs> actually enjoy your work. All right. We'll take a quick break. David Olson. Speaking of enjoying work, a very happy man on the other side of the glass. Our producer today will take a quick break. TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone yeah we are back again on the talkzone.com two guys and a mic thank you so much for joining us here it is a beautiful tuesday if not slightly chilly here in the fine city of chicago i know you saw something on the screen you want to mention but real quick jordan from today's newspaper reporting on yesterday's late show with david letterman yeah. You knew this was coming. This top is funny. Ten. Have you seen it? I I just read it. Top ten texts sent by Tiger Woods. Okay. Again, this is from David Letterman last night. I don't know if TalkZone.com allows us to copy material, but we're uh, we're putting the footnote out there, right? Right. We're giving the reference to one David Letterman and his script writers number ten. I'm sorry. Which mistress is this again? Oh, look at that. We got a drum roll. <laughs> nice. Number nine, I was dreaming about you when I passed out in the street. <laughs> Number eight, are you a cop? <laughs> Number seven, you're breaking up with me for Lee Trevino? <laughs> <laughs> Number six, sorry about last night, I had the yips. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Number five, hey, did I leave a green jacket at your house? <laughs> <laughs> Number four, my wife has the car, I'm going to have to pick you up on a golf cart. <laughs> Number three, why aren't the LPGA girls interested in me also? Oh, God. Natalie Galbus, maybe. Number two, hey, Tiger. It's Tiger. You want to have sex tonight? <laughs> and number one, again, these are text messages, top ten from Tiger's text. Thanks for changing your grip. Oh, gosh. There it is, from David Letterman's show. Get off me, please. 
<laughs> Happy laughter. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Jordan, during our brief, brief breaks, we do have the quickest commercial breaks in all of Internet Sports Talk, no question about it. That's true. You notice something on one of our 16 television screens that we have here in the studio. Yeah, the sensory overload was getting to me. No, it's I, unbelievable. Uh, I saw it said on ESPN that... Uh, the Cleveland Browns are considering hiring Mike Holmgren as a quote-unquote czar of football. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what the hell that means. What does it mean to be the czar of football? I mean, is Eric Mangini, who is an idiot, first of all, is he okay with Holmgren coming in as the quote Czar? I mean, is that a new position that they're carving out in the NFL? There's going to be a, a coach, a general manager, and then a czar? Or can you hire a lord? Can you hire a duke? I mean, what is that? Can you hire a baron of football? Like, should, do the bear, are the bears missing a baron of football? Well, if any team's going to have a baron, it should be the Chicago Bears. I imagine the czar is just, uh, Football speak for probably president, director of football operations. Yeah, but I mean, and I don't on. think they're particularly concerned right now, quite frankly, what Eric Mangini, the head coach, thinks. I don't think that's a high priority item right now. It's well, it shouldn't be because he's a joke. He's a horrible coach, and I think that they should. I mean, put it this way: I'd fire him right now if they didn't care about the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he's. He's made, not only does Cleveland have an awful football team, but he's made a total mess out of their quarterbacking situation and all the things that he's done there. Yeah, Brady but, Quinn playing better, and the Browns are coming off a uh, very nice yeah, Thursday night victory win. over the Stiller. Yeah, very surprising. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just, I don't know, it, it's a czar of football. I mean, the terminology on this is great. I just, <laughs> I just want to know if there's going to be a king hired or maybe, maybe is Virginia McCaskey the queen of the Bears? Is that how that works? I would think so. She's the queen. Yeah, she carries herself a little bit like uh, the actual queen. So, like Michael and Brian and mm-hmm. all the kids are are they are they princes? Or I think they... there's a comparison, Prince Charles and Mike McCaskey. I think you could make more than a few comparisons. <laughs> I mean, so so if the if I'm the, actually serious about that. Uh, well, if the Green Bay Packers, if they are publicly owned, aren't mm-hmm. they publicly owned? Yes, they are. So then, who owns? Like, who's the king of the Packers? Well, they have a president. Ted Thompson, right? Yeah. Is, so he's the president? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, like, have we gotten into NFL royalty? Is that is that what it is now? I think we're heading that way. Like, is Mike Holmgren going to wear a crown in the office? Hallelujah, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. I have Mike Holmgren. I represent the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I and mean, it's just ridiculous. The czar of football. Yeah. By the way, it is break. Residue Tuesday. We forgot to mention that one of our traditions here on the talkzone.com. Speaking of football, Jordan, we could pick up uh, on a Tuesday any of the residue left over from the weekend starting tomorrow. As trained sports talk guys that we are, we look ahead. Yes. There's no peeking back, but on a Tuesday, maybe we had some listeners not able to join us on Monday, some items we didn't get to. We are still allowed by station regulations here to pick up some of the seeping residue from the weekend. And there were some pretty good football games, some teams... Moving up in the playoff race and some teams kind of fading away. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that the NFL weekend it was an interesting one. I mean, it's, you know, at this point of the year, it's, it's now, you know, like we said a couple of weeks ago, even it's, it's down the stretch. You know, it's, you need to win now. Yep. And if you're not winning now, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And I think certain teams have clearly shown that, you know, they belong versus other teams. I thought that that was a very telling game is that Eagle game. 
I mean, 45 to 38 over the Giants. The Giants are just not a team that should be in the playoffs. They can't stop anybody. I mean, doesn't it seem, Coach, like every week they're giving up 40, 45, 50 points? I mean, can they, do they play, do they send 11 players out there on defense? Deshaun Jackson, had they played another two quarters, may have had 500 yards receiving. I mean, it was just an unbelievable showcasing of offense. And head coach Tom Coughlin, the look on his face, his body language, every time Philadelphia would come up with a big play, I I do hope he's seeing a physician today because he did not look. I guarantee you, he's got some kind of ulceritis. Yeah, I mean, he was not happy. He's a <laughs> he's a very uh, intense man, yes, to say the least. Um, but he just they looked uh, brutal. But uh, you know, the the NFL weekend was. So are we separating the pretenders from the contenders? The well, Philadelphia yeah. Eagles proving that they're a legit they're, they're a contender. contender. Yeah. And the New York Giants, who I kept thinking maybe we're slumping and we're going to come out of it and be a legit contender, I think it's fairly safe to say at this point, even though they played a pretty good game and they could still come out of it, they're mathematically eligible. I think for the most part they appear to be a pretender this year. Yeah, I, I would think that you're right about that, and I think that uh, you San know, Diego contender, San Dallas Diego Cowboys, clearly a contender. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys yeah. are the most. Like I say this every year, they're such a much ado about nothing football team. Mm-hmm. I understand they started eight and three, and so because they won a bunch of games, they became relevant. They never win in December. I mean, they never win, and they always just flame out. It seems like every year now, it's mm-hmm. like. They have a good start, and everybody thinks they're going to be good. And because they're the Cowboys, ESPN feels contractually obligated to spend two thirds of their programming schedule discussing them. And then it's like they—they they aren't anything. They lose. They go nine and seven almost every year. It's like or eight and eight. It's like what are we talking about here? This isn't, this isn't that. Mm-hmm. They're not that good. Some similarities to Notre Dame football. A lot yeah. of publicity. America's team. But really, over the last five to seven to eight years... I mean, they haven't been America's team in, in longer than that. I would say yeah. it's been almost like 15 years since they were really mm-hmm. America's team. I mean, they were America's team in the mid-90s mm-hmm. when they were winning Super Bowls with you know, Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a long time ago at this point. You well, know, talk, it's not, some, talk some football from uh, yeah. over the weekend, folks. College and or NFL. Yes, there was college news, too. A Heisman Trophy. And what my uh, ex-partner, Joel Radwanski, hopefully will be my... Soon partner, once he gets off his regular work that's actually paying him more month, money would say the greatest college football game of all. Army versus Navy was over the weekend. You want to talk some football on a Residue Tuesday? We're right here for you. 888-463-6748. You can also email us at Mike2Guys, M-I-C, number two guys. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. And I don't, I don't want to totally jump off topic too, but how about that trade that's about to go down in Major League Baseball? Uh, I want to get to that. Yeah. I want to get to that, but let's just con- continue with the contender pretender and agree or disagree to Minnesota Vikings prove over the weekend legit contender. And did the Cincinnati Bengals dip to a pretender? Well, I would say that the Vikings were already a contender. I think that the Vikings, you know, they had a rough game against Arizona, but I mean, they're, they're an outstanding football team. I mean, they're 11 and two. They have, like I've said to you before, I thought they were the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I really haven't backed off that point, even though they have two losses and there are two undefeated teams. Best lines, best, maybe the best quarterback, I mean, arguably the best quarterback, probably the best running back, good receivers, good defense, I mean, the whole thing. And I think that the Bengals, I just think that the AFC isn't good this year. I mean, I understand that, like, normally the AFC is the better league than the NFC, and normally people are, you know, always bias towards the AFC teams. But this year, the NFC is just a better conference. I, the only team that's really great 
in the AFC mm-hmm. is Indianapolis. And even they have had some games where they haven't looked so great. San Diego now is playing a lot better than they were. But after those two teams, who's really that good in the AFC? I mean, are you really scared of a Cincinnati? No. I mean, they're 9-4, and four, but... You know, they don't look like that great a team to me. I mean, Tell they played well you know, early the next, in the year. The next best team might be after uh, Indianapolis and San Diego. It might be the Tennessee Titans. Well, I, I mean, mean, they lost their, what, first six, and since then they've won six out of seven? Right. But they're still under 500. Pretty impressive streak. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying for the season. I'm saying right now. Yeah. Right now they might be, and I still am not giving up on the Bengals yet. But they might be the third best team in the AFC. It's, it's, you might be right in terms of the way they're playing right now, which yeah. is which is a very telling statement about the yep. AFC. I mean, yep. Pittsburgh isn't good. I don't know why, but Pittsburgh just keeps losing to these mm-hmm. terrible football teams seemingly every week. I mean, the Browns are like every they're like a gr- UFL team, and they lost to them. Every great team can have an off year. Right, they're having an off year. Here so, in Chicago, we've had six consecutive. <laughs> yeah, actually, every, that's not true. Five of the last. I was six. just going to say every year in Chicago is is generally an off year. But take, take it easy. Well, it's it's somewhat true. But the the uh, you know the Steelers aren't that good. The Patriots aren't that good. The teams mm-hmm. that are normally that good aren't that good in the AFC. So I just think that the NFC has more legitimate content. I think the Packers are really good. Yep. I know that they didn't play that well against the Bears this weekend, mm-hmm. but they have a young, good defense. Aaron Rodgers is a playmaking quarterback. They have a bunch of playmaking receivers. That's a team that's really good. I mean, if I were mm-hmm. an NFC team like the Saints, I'd be saying even though we're 13-0, I see a lot of com- competition that mm-hmm. we have yet to face that could knock us out of the playoffs. Yep. If I'm the Colts, I'm thinking if we can get by San Diego, that's probably it. Let I mean, those NFC teams beat each other yeah, up a little bit. Right. We could yeah. get to the Super Bowl. I mean, right. I'm not saying that New England couldn't win a playoff game against Indianapolis. They could because, you mm-hmm. know, you can't really doubt uh, Mr. Cheater Belichick. However, I mean, they just they don't look that good this year. I mean, Minnesota, the, the Vikings, New Orleans, Green Bay, and Philadelphia. That'd be a pretty good Final Four. Yeah. You'd be. have uh, two outstanding semifinal games and a great championship games if indeed you get that final four we all know wild card teams can pop up and pull off some upsets jb and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock i was going to bring up last night's game i did not watch it but michael singletary and the san francisco 49ers knock off arizona a team that many thought maybe maybe we're ready to take that next step and they apparently are not just yet 24 to 9 a big win for coach singletary yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is. They're six and seven. They had a good start. They were three and one. They kind of fell off the, the map a little bit. I think they're moving in the right direction. I don't know if their quarterback is that good, though. I, I didn't really watch the game last night because it was a bad game. And after a while. You were watching reruns of Castle, that's why. I, you know what I was actually watching? I was watching the season finale of Lie to Me on uh, Fox. Great season show. finale? I think it was the season finale. I don't think I've seen the night. season premiere yet. Oh, it's a great show. It's really an interesting finale. show. Yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, that was on last night, so I watched that, but I just, uh, I, I mean, it was a boring game, the, the NBA game, uh, or the, the NFL game yesterday, and I just thought that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Alex Smith doesn't look that good. Kurt Warner was awful yesterday. They had seven turnovers. Um, and I, I had two players on Arizona, my fantasy team, mm-hmm. who both performed poorly, and so I lost, and I'm probably out of my league now. Thank you very much, Larry Fitzgerald and Tim Hightower. You know, it just, uh, <laughs> It wasn't a great game, but good for Singletary, like you said, because yep. he's a nice, we like him here. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a really intense guy. He might drop his pants in the, at halftime occasionally. That could happen to anyone. Right. It could happen to anybody. And, yep. you know, good for them that they, that they were able to pick up mm-hmm. that win. No question about it. Hey, real quick, before we take a break, when we come back, 
from the break, we'll bring up uh, some interesting baseball news. Arguably two of the top five pitchers. I think I can go that far, Jordan, and say two of the top five in all of baseball might be changing locales. It's not definitive yet, but it appears to be eminent. But real quick, on the college football front, Navy defeated Army eighth consecutive time. Great game, dramatic game, wonderful atmosphere there. And also the Heisman Trophy was given to a guy Maybe for the first time, Jordan, that 60% of the country's never seen play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mark Ingram, it just, you know, a sophomore. Bama had never had a Heisman winner. Can you believe that? Yeah. They never had one in all their great years of football. There. Johnny Musso, the Italian stallion, Kenny the Snake Stabler. None of them ever won. I'm trying to think of some of the other great position. I mean, typically it goes to a running back quarterback, Joe Willie Namath. Right? Alabama quarterback. I yeah, I don't I know how great he was in college, but your point well right. taken. No, I mean, but it's just uh, what 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 was interesting to me was it seemed like the five that they invited, it, at least based on the voting, it was like they had to have Tim Tebow there for some reason. They had to have Tim Tebow in New York. He didn't even get like 300 votes. Mm-hmm. He was so far behind in the voting. Yeah. Well, that it's a it new was rule, a joke. Yeah. Even in future years, even when he moves on to the NFL. Tim um, Tebow will be there. Yeah, he, he is not be part. There yeah, absolutely. Cole McCoy, sort of like uh, Elgin Baylor at the NBA draft. <laughs> yeah, he's always there for the LA Clippers. Even when the Clippers, on the rare times that they actually finish good, they invite Elgin just to sit around. Hey, Elgin, how you doing? Good to yeah. see you. Good, good to see you. Yes, yeah, good, good to see you every year. Here. Even though Tebow's in the NFL, he will be invited back to the Heisman Award next year. I would think that they'd that they'd have to. I mean, yeah. God forbid they didn't. But it's just, you know, I. McCoy didn't get that many votes, which surprised me because I thought that he'd get some lifetime achievement votes. Uh, I I kind of wanted Ndamukong Sue to win that award. Not only does he have the best name in college football, but he was probably the best player in college football. It's just that they don't want to give it to a defensive tackle, which I don't really get because why shouldn't they have a chance to win if they're superbly amazing players? I mean, Ndamukong Sue was incredible this season. What if Devin... Aroma, aroma issue. Aroma should do. Aroma should do. What if uh, Mr. and Mrs. Aroma should do? Instead of naming their son Devin, and he's by the way, he, for those not aware, he's a new uh, star, hopefully wide receiver for the Chicago star, Bears. Star, I'd say, is a little much. If they would have named their son after the Nebraska football player, what's his name? Indomakong Nada- Sue. It, it could have been Indomakong Aroma issue. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> that would have been. That would have been quite a name. Wow. That Ndamukong Aroma Shadu yeah. would probably be any broadcaster's incredible nightmare. <laughs> I mean, think about how many times they'd mispronounce yeah. that name in the course of like yeah. three minutes. I like Brian Billick's comment. You know, I looked at the uh, Bear players and I saw that Aroma Deshu, Aroma Shadu? Aroma Shadu. Aroma Shadu had only caught seven career, career passes. So Brian Billick said, you know what? I didn't even bother learning his name. And, of course, he has his breakout game on that telecast. Right. He was half kidding, of course, but, you know, just my luck. Well, it's 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 funny how that happens because, you know, as somebody who does play-by-play a lot, when, you, when you're going over a football roster, there's so many guys on the team that, you know, you're only trying to learn the main guys because, the, you know, a team could have eight receivers. You're, you're, you only care really about the four or five that may actually catch a ball. And so then if something like that happens where you get like that sixth, seventh guy mm-hmm. who all of a sudden starts making all these catches and is making big plays, you're scrambling to try to find all this information on him mm-hmm. while you're on the air. So it gets to be a little bit tough. But uh, So I can get with Billick on that one. I love when the coaches, when you're talking to them and you're trying to get some of the names and they'll start spelling the name for you. And I have to stop the coaches midway. And I say, I don't really care how it's spelled. 
I'm announcing the game. Just give me the phonetic pronunciation, right? Right, right. I don't care. The, the listener doesn't matter how it's spelled. I just want to know how to pronounce it so I get the poor kid's name right. Right. And you, I think, in the last two or three minutes, have pronounced his name correctly three of the seven times you've said it. It's not bad. That's it's all right. Depending on the sport, that's a pretty good percentage. If I'm a batter in baseball, that's a great percentage. That's Hall of Fame. It is. And so I would look at it that way. I would, too. You're a positive guy. I'm a glass half full guy. Beacon of positivity. That's what I am here on the TalkZone.com. Uh, unfortunately, as the beacon of positivity, I have to let our listeners know that we're taking a small break, but our breaks, Jordan, really, quite frankly, are among the best breaks on Internet sports radio. They are. I think our commercials are fascinating. Some people say our breaks are the best part of our show. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but more than a few people <laughs> seem to have that opinion. They, they like the uh, They like the music. You know what the music is? I think it's is? a dislike of us, but you know. Well, that's, that's if you want to credit the commercial reads of the music, God I, bless you. I was trying to give you a, a beacon of positivity type comment. <laughs> How, well, what I will say though is the music that they use that's underneath us right now. Yes. I don't. I feel like it's either it's either like elevator at yep. like a punk rock concert, yeah. or it's just. Like I, I want to know who made this music. You know what I mean? It's just like it was. It was somehow God graced us with this music to be used underneath what's, radio. People, what's the prison in in Iran, uh, Iraq rather? Uh, uh, Guantanamo. That's not in Iraq. Well, Guantanamo's in yes, Cuba. I, yeah. I think that this is the music they play at the Guantanamo prison. <laughs> oh, bitch, bitch, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're taking a quick break. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. A little baseball talk when we come back. You don't like what we're talking about? Call up. Change the subject. We're all about you, the listener. Back in a minute. For your calls on Two Guys and a Mic, call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. You know, Jordan, I said I was uh, taking off this Christmas season. I'm going to come back next year bigger and stronger than ever. I'm just taking a year off from the holidays. Don't want to ruin everybody else's spirit. I'm just, uh, from a personal standpoint, I need a year off. And that's why I think that my nickname for you is the Beacon of Positivity May take it may go down a notch after that. Fifty-two years of wonderful, blissful holiday seasons. Uh, you know, after fifty-two years, can a guy take a year off? I know because it, you're no? taking a year off of like happy times. I mean, that's not what a positive person would well, do. But that's what be- a negative person. See, I could see. No, I'm going to be. I'm going to be very happy. Why? I'm going to be thoroughly happy because I'm taking the season off. Yeah, but you're saying that the. Happy, goodwill, oh, um, fun be, of the holiday yes, season I, I, is not for you this no, year. No, no, no. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I will be very happy. 
Will you will you do some good things? Will you will you spread oh, the char- goodwill? Oh yeah, spare uh, the charitable stuff that we would hope to do. So what are you trying to cut out? Just like shopping, ornaments, Christmas tree, uh, lights outside, uh, parties, going to the holiday parties. That's getting older and older. What else is in there? Um, oh, uh, cards. No, not, light, not no lighting of the menorah. This year. Huh? No menorah lighting for you. Not lighting the menorah. You know, I used to spend like you know envelope uh, dressing the cards or writing nice notes to people you don't see, and and I will uh, be back at that bigger and stronger next year. I'm taking the year off of card writing, so it's those kind of. I'll be very happy. That's the reason I'm doing it, so I can be happy and enjoy the. But it's, but you but you but it's happiness due to antisocial behavior. Absolutely. Which. <laughs> Which I would say, I think you nailed the. Uh, which is does not fall in line with yes. your beacon of positivity well, moniker. Yeah. It doesn't. Everybody slips for a moment or two. Right. I mean, listen. As as you always call me, that I'm a jaded young guy that Amazing. is very negative. That's something I could see me doing. Yes. Saying, the hell with everybody else. Yep. I don't want to, you know, yep. be spreading. And and you're not really spreading goodwill, mm-hmm. as you just claimed. No, if I'm you're spreading gonna be, my own goodwill. I'll be in very good goodwill towards yourself. Yes. But you're not spreading the goodwill to others well, by writing them cards, by right. celebrating with them, right. by putting up a, a menorah or a Christmas yes. tree, yep. by doing all these different things, yep. which are symbols of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Your goodwill is like Larry David goodwill. Yeah. It's goodwill towards me, myself, and I. Well, not really, because the the, the charitable things that I do, th- those will continue over the holiday season. Well, you can't if you're not going to go shopping. Huh? You said you're not going to go shopping. But there are things that I can still get involved with. See, that's like shopping. You're going to say hello to somebody on the street? Is that no, going to no, suffice? No, 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 no. I work for a couple different organizations. This Saturday I'll be down for at a Dreams for Kids big holiday party, spreading some cheer. So that part I will definitely do with the uh, the charitable stuff that uh, that I do get involved in. That will not change. But, but yeah, shopping for people that already have it. Oh, let's see, what gift should I get now? You know, what do, what do they really need? Yeah, that shopping I'm cutting out. Okay, and the cards. I think people will survive without a, a year from a, a note from me. In fact, it'll, I'll probably be spreading goodwill by not sending them. So, a note. you're not even going to send an email, huh? Not even an email. Uh, you know, I'm not going to send an email, email from the coach. I always know when I have an email from you mm-hmm. because after every sentence you write, there's a space and then a punctuation mark. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that you do that? Yes. You put an exclamation point. After a space. I'm trying to... So you're trying to make it look like typewriter circa 1937. No, I'm trying to emphasize the exclamation mark or oh. emphasize the punctuation mark. I see. By creating spaces around that it increases the importance of the exclamation mark and or the comma. I see. So space, <laughs> comma, space. Is that what we're looking for here? I have It always no looks idea. very like 1937 typewriter on your email. I meant to bring this up very quickly because I know we want to get to a big uh, baseball possible breaking news here. But see if you're with me here. Okay. And again, any of our listeners that want to jump in and uh, spread the holiday cheer as I am. Yeah. The beacon of positivity here. The anti-card, anti-social behavior. Not coach. anti. It's, it, it's anti. I, anti, I say. Going to parties, you know, the older I get, the more overrated parties are. Yakety, 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 yakety. Yeah, I mean, spending time with people, spending time with others is such a drag. Maybe with a group of two or four or six, but you know, in a big party where it's loud. I mean, you have to, you have to communicate with so many people. You have to. Communication's overrated. You have to socialize. I mean, that's such a drag, isn't it? It's getting tough in my later years, I will tell you. 888-463-6748, our phone number. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. See if you're with me here. One of the most uh, difficult quandaries where you get torn 
between anger and joy and what you should do and guilt and non-guilt. Okay. The Salvation Army person outside the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I, you know, it's, it's a though, quandary, isn't it? It is. It's not even a daily quandary. It's a constant quandary. Well, it, it's daily during the holiday season where every time you go into the store. Right. Or outside of Walgreens. And, you know, part of it, let's be perfectly honest, part of it, you head up there, you see that person out there, you know you're going to get the guilt complex. Walking by, what do you do? Do you do you not look at the person and disregard them? They're always very nice, and they say, hey, have a nice day, or how are you? Yeah, but the, the other thing is, and maybe this is going to bring me back to the negative side. Yep. When they're always saying, hey, have a nice day, mm-hmm. they're not being nice to you because they want to be nice to you. They're being mm-hmm. nice to you because they want you to give them money. Maybe. Not maybe. That's mm-hmm. why. Because, listen, if they're not nice to you, you wouldn't give them money. Mm-hmm. But if they're exceedingly yeah. nice to you, yeah. there's a chance that you'll give them money. Basically, they're turning up the guilt meter When exactly. you walk up, you're at about a three or four. Actually, you're at a six or seven. On the guilt meter and then by and then them. And they ratchet it up to 9 or 10. Exactly. It's like that fanometer when you're at yes. the Bulls game and there's like mm-hmm. six people there, but somehow yeah. it always makes it up to the top. Yep. You know. It's highly effective. So part of me, and again, any listeners out there, you're with me on this, it's a, a great quandary. Actually, it's not that great, but it's a curious quandary. Is you're, you're kind of mad, oh, here they are again. It's going to make me guilty. But then on the other hand, and I think this is the stronger hand, You've got someone out there, and I don't think they're getting paid, someone out there in the cold weather volunteering their time to try to get 50 cents or a dollar from you, or God forbid you actually put $5 in there and raise money for Salvation Army, which I'm assuming over all these years have been proven to be a very, very good cause. So your initial instinct might be, ah, here they are again. I'm kind of tired of seeing them. I would hope that the ulterior instinct takes over. And you know what? Be nice to the guy, drop a dime in there, drop a dollar. On a good day, drop five in there and support the cause. You know, to me, obviously, you have to be for charitable causes. Yes. I mean, but the one thing for me is that I, when I, if I'm giving charity, I would like to give charity out of my own volition. Like I'm going to support a particular charity and I'm going to mm-hmm. give money to it, or I'm going to go right. to a charitable event and, and spend the necessary right. money to be charitable. But I don't like when people are soliciting charity from me. You it's know a what I mean? Rough. It's the same thing with the people in the intersection. You know, I agree with that. It's, right. it's a little bit of an affront. Right, because like, and when I mean, listen, I understand. I mean, I'm, I feel bad for people who are less fortunate, who are homeless, Absolutely. who are walking on the street, but I don't want them knocking on my car window while I'm dry, trying to drive somebody or but drive got, somewhere. Man, but you've got people out... Um, endangering their lives at intersections, right? often in cold weather, volunteering their time to raise money for a good cause. Why do we not just drop the 50 cents in there and I don't take know. the lollipop? Right, I, I don't it's, know. It's a, it's a quandary. It is a quandary. Yeah. It's 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 definitely a, a quandary that bears some merit in terms of thinking mm-hmm. about it. I was actually thinking of like, I should have, you know, when I brought this, bring the Salvation Army guy out like a donut and a cup of coffee. Yeah. And drop a couple of dollars in there. You could, you could do that. That would be a very nice gesture on your part. I think it would. For, especially from the beacon of positivity. That's, which is what you are. No question about it. 888-463-6748. It took a long way to get to that. I had to bring that up because I experienced that quandary feeling yesterday. Now, real quick. Theoretically, we are a sports talk show. Let's get back to the sports. Phone lines are open if you want to dial it up. Email also. Mike2guys at AOL.com. Jordan, uh, I think I, I alluded to maybe two. 
of the top five pitchers in baseball might be changing locales? Yeah. Uh, Roy Halladay is reportedly being traded to the Phillies. Cliff Happy Lee. Happy Hallidays. Yeah. Happy Speaking of the Hallidays. Yeah. And uh, Cliff Lee will be moving to Seattle in this th- three-team trade. And then the prospects that will be going to Toronto are not yet certain. A oh, buddy of mine yesterday is who... Jeff Samarja's name part of it? Well, no. Yeah, I, I wish. Um, a, a, uh, a buddy of mine who pretends to be a Phillies fan when it's convenient called me yesterday, yeah. and he was trying to act like he knows anything. You know, he's one of those people that acts like a fan now because they win. Yes, but like in the nineties, in the in the West Chamberlain and left field era, and the <laughs> Darren Hollins era, he was nowhere to be found. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really root for the Phillies that much. No, I mean, but this is a guy who lives in Philadelphia or grew up in Philadelphia, and so you know he pretends to be a fan even though he's not really. And he was talking about, you know, do I like this trade? And I said, I don't know, because I feel like the Phillies were so obsessed with trying to get Roy Halladay that they gave up a lot to get him. I mean, how are they really markedly better now than they were, let's say, yesterday? I mean, Roy Halladay might be the best pitcher in baseball. That's an argument you can make, and I don't necessarily think you can make the same argument for Cliff Lee. So in that sense, yes, they're better, because Roy Halladay is a better pitcher than Cliff Lee, but Cliff Lee... Was won the Cy Young two years ago, had a really good year last year, was unbelievable in the playoffs for the Phillies all the way through the World Series. And so if if you're going to trade him for Halliday, it's sort of like, well, you got slightly better, but I don't think that they're that much better now than they were. And so mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to make a trade for a Roy Halladay, you don't give up on Cliff Lee for mm-hmm. next year, and you go into next season with Halladay and Cliff Lee at the top of your rotation. You went to the World Series two straight years. You'd be certainly the favorite, barring major, major injuries, to get back. And then you you know you let Cliff Lee walk at the end of next season. I, I guess the reason why they did it this way is because Lee they think is going to get like an eight year CC Sabathia type contract after next season, and Halliday is 32 years old and is willing to sign a three year extension mm-hmm. right now for reportedly around 60 million, so that they can have it's like we'll have an ace for four years as opposed to one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get that part, but why not find a taker for? Your prospects, I mean, I'm sick of hearing about how this Kyle Drabeck is so great. I've seen Kyle Drabeck pitch. I've broadcast two or three of the games that he has pitched, and he's really good. I mean, I think he's going to be a really good major league pitcher. But you're telling me you would rather have Kyle Drabeck than keep a Cliff Lee and keep a Roy Halladay for one year, try to win the World Series again, and, you know, and, and then be, you know, and potentially in a trade have to give up a Kyle Drayback, I'd rather have the two proven aces as opposed to one kid who's 21 who may or may not be that great. We do have late-breaking news, by the way. Our producer David Olson writing up on the screen that the White Sox have acquired Juan Pierre for a couple of minor leaguers. So oh, it appears God. the White Sox have a brand-new leadoff man and outfielder, the 39-going-on-45-year-old Juan Pierre. He can still run. He can still get it going. You know, he played well last year for the Dodgers when Manny was out, Mm -hmm. and he played great. I mean, that was one of the reasons why the Dodgers got there. But I don't like Juan Pierre. When he was on the Cubs, 
I didn't like Juan Pierre because Juan Pierre to me is a guy who people overrate him because he's fast. He's not that great of an outfielder. He doesn't have a good arm and he only swings. He never walks. So unless he's going to hit 300 like he did last year around mm-hmm. 300, he's useless because yeah. if he hits 260 and has a 290 on base percentage or 270 with the 300, that's not good. I don't care how many hits he gets. Leadoff hitter that swings all the time and doesn't have a good eye, not a good combo. What you get back? I think the White Sox quick. have had a weird off season, haven't they? They have. And they got Andrew Jones. They got AARP man Omar Vizquel. Mm-hmm. They got uh, now they've acquired Juan Pierre. They signed collection. JJ Puts. It's just like a weird. Like I don't know if I like it at all. They got they mm-hmm. they, they traded for Mark Tian. Like what is going on with yeah, them? They're like stockpiling an, it, a bunch of it, weird mediocre players. It is going to be an interesting uh, chemistry. Yes. Like a mad scientist who puts all the ingredients together. It could blow up on them and not be very good or it could work. Real quick, before we wrap up the show, my thought on the Cliff Lee trade is what bothers me a little bit about professional sports, and that is, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies pick up Cliff Lee for what, about two-fifths of a season? Roughly? Well, they'll get Cliff Lee for the year. No, last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Phillies pick, you know, they, so, you know, they're on a roll. They basically borrow Cliff Lee for the rest of the season. Doesn't borrow, uh, bother me quite as much if Cliff Lee comes back for the Phillies this year, but it appears he's going to be pitching for a different team. So they basically borrow him. Yeah. Borrow him for 40 or 50 games to go win a pennant. There's no allegiance. I don't want to sound like an old fogey. I know that's kind of the new way. That's what bothers me about pro sports. The constant changing of rosters and no real allegiance no, you're right, but to I, a team. You're right, because I think that the Phillies should have shown more allegiance to Cliff Lee for what he gave them. He yep. he gave them a great two months or mm-hmm. three months or whatever it was, and then gave them a chance to win the World Series again. And and to me, the Mariners are the big winners in this trade. Mm-hmm. The Mariners already have Felix Hernandez, who's great. They're going to have Cliff Lee. They signed Sean Figgins, and they're going to have Figgins and Ichiro at the top of the lineup. Mm-hmm. They could add a middle-of-the-lineup guy. And, and, the, and John Lackey goes to the Red Sox. That's a team next year. Watch out for the Seattle Mariners. Baseball talk from our baseball expert, the beacon of positivity, Jordan Burnfield. <laughs> want to thank everybody. We got to wrap the show up. Want to thank everybody for listening. Want to thank all of our guests today. That moment of silence brought to you by our guest that did not appear. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock, talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic signing off. Yeah.